This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. It's wonderful to be with you guys. It's always a pleasure. You guys are feel like family. You are family. And yeah, it's Christmas time. And it's time when the family come and visit. Sometimes it's you, you glad twice when they come and when they go. Or <laughs> some of you say, I just I want to see my family once a year and then on a photo only, hopefully. But uh, it's weird that when the family comes together, it's like all those dynamics and stuff. So just be strong. Um, and, but just enjoy, enjoy family and just kind of just take a new pathway. Don't, don't keep on doing the same thing. Uh, change, change the way that you actually do family. Sometimes there's some, some things that we don't know about one another and just find out, find out those things, you know, about family. But it's, it's a wonderful time of the year. I can't believe 2023 is, is nearly over. Thank God that we, COVID has, has gone away for, for, I'm sure we've all had COVID this year because we've all had flu, but we just weren't tested. So, but we're all okay. It's like we didn't have to quarantine. We didn't have to do, I remember in, in COVID how we had to do exercises in the garden and run. Oh, weird. We couldn't go for walks. We were arrested when we go walk on the beach. So thank God that that's kind of, we're in a new season. This is a good time. And yeah, it's, it's wonderful just to, to be together. And this morning, you know, when we come to the end of the year, I, I, this morning I want to talk about, you know, when we come to those crossroads in our life and, and having a vision and direction for life. And I think maybe some of you this time of the year, lots of us sometimes lay awake at night thinking of like what, what the next step is and all those things. So I think it's good if we just kind of stop this morning and just ask that question, you know, how do we, how do we, how do, what do we do when we get to crossroads? And, you know, how do we actually choose the ancient path? You know, the, the, and we're going to read some scriptures on that. Um, and in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16 to 21, it says, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around and ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. I posted watchmen over you who said, listen for the sound of the alarm. But you replied, no, we won't pay attention. Therefore, listen to all, to this all you nations. Take note of my people's situation. Listen all the earth. I will bring disaster on my people. It is the fruit of their own schemes because they refuse to listen to me. They have rejected my word. There's no use offering me sweet frankincense from Sheba. Keep your fragrant calamus imported from distant lands. I will not accept your burnt offerings. Your sacrifices have no pleasing aroma for me. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will put obstacles in my people's paths. Fathers and sons will both fall over them and neighbors and friends will die together. Now, I want to just give you some advice. If you feel depressed, don't read Jeremiah, okay? Uh, but so, because the, the first part of this is very wonderful. If you stand, you know, stand at the crossroads, ask the Lord which way to go, choose the, the ancient path, choose the old path. Um, and then he gives this prophecy. And you have to understand 
that Jeremiah was one of the prophets that actually had a choice to either go into captivity to Babylon or to stay in Jerusalem. And he chose to stay in Jerusalem. And that's kind of why he's writing all these these terrible stories. And, 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 and if you, I mean, just go and read Lamentations. In Afrikaans, it's klaagliedere. I mean, it's just like it's lamenting. It's crying. And if you read Lamentations, again, don't, don't read it alone. Be, make sure you've got someone with you when you're reading Lamentations because it just, it will make you just cry, you know. And, and that's exactly what Jeremiah was doing because he stayed behind in Jerusalem. He saw how the, the, the whole of the walls were broken. The temple was, was, was broken. You know, everything was just, and people were dying of hunger. And we know, and the reality is that history tells us that two-thirds of Israel, actually, they, they, they died. There was only one-third. After captivity, there was one-third of, of the Jews or uh, the, the, the original Israel. There was, that was what was left. And, and so Jeremiah is writing in this context for us to, to kind of understand, you know, and, and, and he says that they should, you know, he's calling them and saying, listen, you're getting to a crossroad and ask the Lord, what is this, what is this path to walk on? But he says that you did not want to. And so it's important for us, and we're going to just look at some of these things. But in Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, this is a wonderful scripture. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do good things or do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Um, and, and I love the, the, the Passion Translation. It says, we have become his poetry a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. And it's wonderful to know that God didn't, doesn't know you, he knew you. And that's exactly what he told Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1, if you read chapter 1, the calling of Jeremiah where the Lord says, Jeremiah, he must go and speak to, to my people. And he said, Lord, but I'm too young. I, uh, in the Hebrew, it's I'm na'ar. I'm a, I'm a young man, but he was about 33 years old. So he was, in our, in our concept, he wasn't like a teenager. He was, he was a man. Um, but, but he felt, and God says, listen, before you were, before you were born, I knew you. I don't, and, and God knew you. He knows you, but he knew you. So, and he's got a plan for you. And when you come to that place and, and when you come to that crossroad in your life, you need to know that, that God has got a plan. And, 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 and we have to ask the question, what is the meaning of a crossroad? What does a crossroad mean? In the Bible, uh, the, a crossroad is a place of a decision. It's like there's, there's a decision to be made. And, 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 and it will affect the course of your life. Jacob had a crossroads when when, when he had that experience of the angels coming up and down on the ladder, it was like a portal that God created. And, and there was a, a crossroads where he, where he got a new name. His name became Israel, which, which is the nation and, and which God promised Abraham that, that I would create a nation out of you. Um, and so that is so important for us to understand that and to know that, that, that there are crossroads. Jesus faced a crossroad when he, when he, when he had to go to the cross and in the garden of Gethsemane, Father, what, what do you want me to do? But I submit to your will. And, and so, so there's, there's that time. And, and Solomon, 
in, in, in Proverbs, he wrote that he says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean on your understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will make your path straight. So, so when you get to that, knowing that a crossroad is, an, is, a, is a time of making a decision. So, and it's waiting on the Lord. It's, it's just allowing him, you know, to, to, to show you, Lord, what do you, what do you want to do in my life? So sometimes we just need to sometimes just take a, just stop and just take a breath. And I, I love, I love God's name. God's name in Hebrew is, is Yahweh. And, and there are four letters in Hebrew. It's Yot, Hey, Vaf, Hey. Sounds like breathing because he is, he is in the air that we breathe. And, 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 and I think that. You know, sometimes we just have to be. I mean, Sonica wrote, I just saw she gave Karina a book, Free to Be. We, we know that book. So sometimes we just have to be. And be, to be is actually to breathe. But because we are so, we are so helpful, I'm very helpful. So when God says to me, breathe, then I'll ask him, but should I breathe in or out? You know, or must I hold my breath? Because I want to make it complicated because that's what we do. So I think a crossroad is an opportunity to stop and just say, you are in the air that I breathe and just finding direction and saying, Lord, thank you that I can stop. Thank you that I, that I have the opportunity to, to, to just breathe. And, and Lord, thank you that you have a plan for my life. God has a plan for your life. He, 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 he just wants you to, to, to go with him and, and to enjoy this, this road. And I love what Jesus did. Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross, God, God put, put us in the safest place that he knew he could put us. He put us into Christ. That, that's where we are. I'm crucified. I'm in Christ. And, and Christ in me is the hope of glory. It's the hope of more. It's the, so, so that's your safe place. Your safe place is, is in Christ. And, and if that's your starting point, if your starting point is in Christ, I mean, imagine what the future holds. But a lot of times we're not in that place. We're not in Christ. We, we're kind of just floating around and, and it's important. And I think when we get to that crossroads, sometimes just to again say, Lord, thank you that I know and I understand where I am. My position is in you. And I'm inside of you. And because you are in me, I have direction. So, and, and when we get to that crossroad, I need to ask that question. God, is, is this, am I in you? And if I'm in you, it's actually simple because then I'm going to actually go in the right direction. And I'm going to make the right choice. And I'm going to be obedient. I mean, that's what, what the Lord told, told Saul. Saul, when Saul was, was, was committed, when he committed sin, Samuel said to him, to obey is better than sacrifice. It's like just listening. But we always feel we have to do something. Sometimes just listen. Just do what God says. And, and doing what he says means to understand what it means to be inside of him. That's why Paul wrote when he, when he was in Athens and, he was speaking to the Greek people. He says, hey, your, your poets say, in him we live and move and have our being. But that's what we are in Christ. In him we live and we move and we have our being. We can be in him. 
What a wonderful thing. And, and we get to that place to say, Lord, what do you want to do? And you know what the amazing thing that I found in my life is that when I say to the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? It's like he asks me, what do you want to do? <laughs> because I'm inside of you and where would you like to go? And sometimes it's important and that's the important thing. So that's the first connection, guys, is just find out. Am I in Christ? Am I in that place? Is Christ in me? Is there a hope of glory? And if I've, if I've disconnected from him, then I can't kind of know where to go. But it's amazing that when I'm connected to him, because that's what the crossroad does, it actually asks the question, where are you? Where do you find yourselves? And, and that's why in Isaiah chapter 30, in verse 15, it says that your strength lies in, in, in trust and and obey or trusting and, and in, in, in trusting and resting or in resting um, and is your strength. Um, in Afrikaans, I'm just thinking of those verse. In Afrikaans, it says, Your strength is in being quiet, in quietness and rest is where your strength is. And then in verse 21, he says, once you understand that it's in quietness and resting in him, then he says in verse 21, then you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. It's amazing that when you find your rest, when you are in him, when you are positioned in him, that's when you kind of hear the voice, this is the way, just walk in it. So, so what do we do when we get to this crossroad? I mean, what, do you, what, is, what do we do? We, we kind of stop and ask, okay, we're at the crossroad now. In First Chronicles chapter 12, Verse 32, um, it talks about the sons of Issachar. And sorry, I don't think I've given all these scriptures to them, but you can just look them up in your Bible. But in First Chronicles 12, 32, we know, we read about the sons of Issachar. They were a tribe of Israel. And there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. And all these men understood the signs of the time, and they knew the best course for Israel to take. They, they, had, they had discernment. They knew, they could understand, they could discern the times. And guys, it's so important to discern the time in your life, to say, where are we? You know, and, and in Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes. He says, to everything there's a, a season and a time for every matter and every purpose under heaven. So again, God has got a time. And then I love uh, verse 11 of Ecclesiastes 3. He says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He also has set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Isn't it wonderful to know that God knows what's going to happen at the end? Because he can see the full picture. And that's why... In 2023, right now, on the 17th of December, sometimes you kind of feel confused and you say, but what's happening? Just to know that God God sees the full picture, and I don't always have the fuller picture, but, but I have him, and he's with me. So, And God has got a timing for your life. Um, it's important to understand time, because there's, in, in Greek, there's three words for, for time. It's chronos, chronological time. And sometimes we get so tired because it's just like tick, tick, tick. You know, it's like Kronos. It's just going on and on. And then, and then we have Kairos, 
moments. It's a moment. It's like a defining moment in your life. And I'm sure all of us have, have, have had those kairos moments. And But then there's another word in Greek, and it's plereo, which, or plereo, which, which, which means the appointed time. And I love this. In Galatians 4 verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. That I love it. It's like everything came together. And, and this is like we, we celebrating this time of the year when Jesus came to earth. Uh, we don't know exactly when he did come, but it's, but this is when we celebrate the coming of Jesus and being born in a stable. But, but God's timing, the plereo time, the appointed time was so perfect because when Jesus was born, when Jesus came to earth, I mean, before the Greeks, Alexander the Great had, had conquered the whole world. So everybody was speaking Greek, okay? So the wonderful thing is that the New Testament and the Paul, letters of Paul and the Old Testament was translated into Greek. So that was one of the wonderful things. Everybody could read the Bible and understand it at that time. And then the Romans... Uh, were reigning when Jesus was born, and they were so kind because they they were like Sandral. They built the roads, okay? They just did a better job, most probably. But they, they built all the roads because it says that all roads lead to Rome. And God knew that when Jesus would come and the Spirit would be poured out over over the church, there would be roads for them to take the gospel all over the world. That's why it was Plereo. That's why it was the appointed time. It was God's perfect timing for Jesus to be born. So Jesus was born at the appointed time that God appointed. And, and God has appointed times in your life too. And for us to know what, what he wants to do, it's so important. And to know that, that Jesus came at the right time. That when he was born. And we, we always... Over, over the Christmas time, we always tell each other this amazing story, this funny story that about this, this, this young, young boy that was given the part of Joseph in, in the nativity. He was so excited because he was going to be Joseph. He, this was his time. And, and, and he was so excited. But just before the concert began, they said, listen, sorry, you don't know all your words. We're going to this little boy is going to become Joseph and you're going to become the innkeeper now. So he lost his position. And so the night of the first concert came at the church, and Joseph and Mary came. Mary was very pregnant. She needed a place to go and have the baby. And they came to the innkeeper, and they said, do you have any place for us to say? And he said, yes, come in. And so he just changed the whole story. And so, so Jesus was born in an inn in that story, not in a, not in a cave. <laughs> uh, so, so sometimes the story doesn't work out the way you wanted to. But have you ever thought what would have happened if the three wise men, well, we don't know if there was actually just three, there were, there were just three gifts, but if there were three or if there were wise women, I think, first of all, they would have asked for direction. Okay, because if, if, the men didn't ask direction and the, they would have arrived on time, okay? And, and they most probably would have helped deliver the baby. <laughs> Is that true? That's most probably. And they would have cleaned the stable and they would have made a casserole <laughs> and they would have brought practical gifts like, like uh, disposable nappies and whatever and, and, and milk formula. 
And the wonderful thing, there was probably would have been peace on earth. Okay, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Think about that. But, but the reality just is when we start thinking about timing and God's timing for our life is that I think a lot of times we miss out on that because of confusion. And, and this morning, there were, there were, you know, I, I, as I was thinking, I, I felt like there, there are really people. They, there's, there's been a, a life, your, your, your life has gone through things and it feels like you've, sometimes you've missed the time. Just want to encourage you this morning that God is faithful, but it's important to let go of that confusion um, because it's it, it's really so. And and living with confusion is sometimes it's like being in a thick fog every day. And and sometimes we become so accustomed to the fog. It's like when you live in England or in the winter time, you can't see where you're going. Um, but but we get accustomed to that. So sometimes, and I, I really want to pray today that the Lord will just, even now, he will just lift that fog of your mind, that it will just go, that you will have clarity because confusion brings that, like, we don't know what where to go. Um, and it's important that you, you break out of this. And, and I, I saw a, a video the other day of this child that was like he couldn't see it, like a little boy, and then they put these glasses on, these spectacles on him, and all of a sudden he could just see. And, and just that amazement. So this morning I pray that the Lord will just, he will put glasses on for you, that you will be able to see. So I just want to say, and even in this moment, just let's just say, let's just speak that out. Why don't you just in your own, in your own heart just say, confusion, Go. Just go. Confusion, you're not welcome in my life. And Father, I pray, pray for clarity that we will discern the time in our life in Jesus' name. Amen. So, something that confusion does, it makes us hesitate. It's like, if you hesitate, sometimes we just, we, we hold back. And I pray that you would just see what God wants to do. And and that, that confusion will just go. That the hesitancy, that you will stop hesitating and see what is the timing. What is God's timing for now in my life? Okay, and then the next question is obviously what is the ancient path? And I think a lot of you, um, we have done the course, ancient path. Craig Hill is an amazing guy that that has done these the ancient path. But the ancient path is what it talks about in, in Jeremiah. He says, stand at the crossroads and ask the ancient path and, and ask the old path. What, what is, and, and that, that word in Hebrew is an easy, you won't forget this word ever now. I'm going to tell you now, you're not going to forget it because it's olam. Okay, it's like you speak to your wife, olam, mark my coffee. You know, <laughs> if you're Afrikaans, in English it's olam. Okay, my lamb, olam. Olam, that, that's that, and, but it, it's got a wonderful meaning. Olam, it means godly principles that actually make life work. <laughs> it's, it's those choices that we make that actually make life easy. And, and, and it's amazing that a lot of times that I find, even in my, in my counseling and stuff, I get, people get to and say, but, yo, I've been, I've been doing everything, I've been doing everything right, that I've been trying to work hard to do everything right. 
and, and things are not working out. And then you kind of start talking and you realize, but they're not following Olam. They're not following the ancient path. They're not doing godly principles because there are certain things that we do that just make life work. It's like gravity. It's like if you defy gravity, you're going to fall. If you jump off a cliff, it's probably going to fall and be plot there at the bottom. It's just going to happen. And, and it's the same with doing godly principles, making the choices in your finances, in your life, in everything that we do. If we follow the godly principles, then it works. And that whole old saying that you can't keep on doing the same thing and expecting a different result. A lot of times that's what you're doing. You keep you doing the same thing. You, you, you're actually not following the olam. You're not following godly principles. And that's why life isn't working. And, 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 and then we blame God and we, we kind of, we feel rejected and say, but what, what's happening? And I feel so bad. And I, you know, it's just because in a sense, I'm, I'm violating the principles. So I want to encourage us. And, and that's, Sometimes it's just a simple way of just kind of taking a step back and saying, Lord, help me to just, sometimes I just need to make a course adjustment. There's an adjustment. I need to realign my life. I need to recalibrate. I need to, you know, just align myself. I mean, that's why we have our, 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 our cars need wheel alignment because sometimes they go skiff. And sometimes we go skiff and we need to stop and say, hey, stop going skiff. Go rechet. Go straight. Make a, make a course adjustment. And, and it's so important to, to just do that, you know. So, so I was just in my own heart and in my own life thinking, but what are those, you know, and th- there's a lot of things that we can actually say, anything, anything that, we, that we can actually add to this. And, and I think I want to encourage you to go and kind of sit down and say, but what are, what are the godly principles that actually make life work? What are those things that make life work? And I think for me, is the first thing is to put God first in everything. It's just like say, Lord, you are number one. You are first. It's like, it's amazing that when he is one, when he's first, he becomes the one, and I become the zero, then the one adds value. So then it's ten. okay? <laughs> and if, if, if Ruan comes with me, then another zero, then we're hundred. And if we, we add on zeros, and if he's one, he adds, we, he adds the value because he's the one. If he's the one, we can be the zero, but then we become 10. And then we become 100 and 1,000, 10,000 and a million because he is the one. So put him first. It's like it's a decision that you just have to make. Like think about your business. Think about your life. Think about the way that you, like maybe you're going to a new school. Maybe you're going to university. Is he number one? Is he putting him first? Lord, I, I'm, I'm making this decision because I want to do what is right in your eyes. I want to follow you. And we've all, we've all watched that movie, God's Not Dead. And sometimes just saying to someone, hey, God is alive. <laughs> it's just making that decision in a situation or when you are in a situation where, and you don't, you don't have to, to prove God. I mean, God is good. God is bigger than that. But sometimes we just have to not be part of the lie and stand up for the truth and, and put him first. And I think that that also includes making him part of every decision that I'm making. Lord, you, I want you to be part of every decision I make. I want you to be part of this. 
and then to make him Lord of every part of my life. Because God, Jesus is the Lord and the Savior. So he saved us. That's the wonderful part. He saved me. He changed my life. But he's also the Lord, which means that he's like the boss. He's the, the managing director. <laughs> he's the one that, that I need to say, Lord, you are the Lord. That's what Lord means. And, and I submit to him, but, but he also saved me. And we like the saving part, but sometimes submitting to him as Lord is a different thing. But you need to look in your life. Is he the Lord? And it's a question that I have to ask myself. Is he the Lord of every aspect of my life? Yes. You, I want you to be that. I think that's something that is a godly principle that actually makes life work is to just pray, is to speak to him every day. I mean, if I... If I only speak to Karin like on a Sunday, once a week, our relationship's not going to go anywhere. I need to speak to her every day and communicate. Imagine I ignore her the whole week and then on a Sunday I say, how's it, Karin? Say, hey, I've been here the whole week. Why haven't you spoken to me? And, uh, and she'll give me a piece of her mind. And sometimes that's how we, 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 we kind of do with the Lord. So Make him part of your life. Make him part of your prayer, praying, getting up in the morning or before and at work and everywhere because that's why the Bible says pray without ceasing. So prayer is such an important thing of communicating and learning and hearing his voice and speaking to him about the problem. And then also reading the Bible. I mean, guys, make sure that you read the Bible. This is Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. That's what Bible stands for. So God has given us basic instructions, um, and, and this is what we need to read. If you And, and it feels, I mean, we, there's a war going on in Israel at the moment. Uh, there's things are upside down. And, and it's important that you kind of read the basic instructions before we leave earth, because we are going to leave earth. We don't know when. Luckily, God knows when. But again, if I read the Bible, I have the end story. The end story says that Jesus is going to win and he's going to come again. And I mean, what's happening in Israel, I mean, we, I, we went to the, the valley of Armageddon and that's where the final fight's going to be, the war. And that's when the rider on the white horse and flame in his eyes going to come and he's going to, 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 to beat the enemy and Satan will be defeated. And we will be with him forever. And, and there's a reason. I mean, Israel, I, I, I mean, I, Israel is a wild country. I've, we've been to Israel and the, I mean, the, the Jewish people are very, sometimes very rude. And you kind of wonder what the heck, why were they chosen? It's like maybe God made a mistake. I don't understand that. I just don't understand that. But I believe the Bible and it's like they're the only people that got, they, 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 you know, that God gave them a title deed. He said, this is your land. It's like, I don't know. Abram, this is your land. This is a title deed. They're the only people. There's nowhere in the Bible that we read about any other nation that got title deed than Israel. Does it make sense? But it, that's how it is. And it, we don't understand this. I, I, um, I cannot fathom the things that are happening at the moment. But we need Jesus. We need his grace. We need his love. And we need him uh, to, to make a difference. And that's why we need to read the Bible. If you don't read the Bible, you're going to lose hope. Because the Bible doesn't cause fear in my heart. The Bible gives me hope 
because there's an answer. Because, guys, we win. Okay, that's what the end of the book says. We win. So if you're feeling anxious, go to the end of the book. We win. It's okay. Relax. We win. And, and it's just the how do we win? It's, it's the story. Because that's what you need to process through. You have to, you know, so, so read your Bible. And make sure that you, that you are connected to what is God doing? What is he saying? What is his perspective for my life? And, I, and I, the other thing, I think one of the things that I feel is so important is, and in the world that we live in, is to die to yourself. We have to die to ourselves. Um, die to self-centeredness. You know, just die to yourself. Just, Paul says, I, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we're living a life in the flesh. This is real. This is not, it's not your imagination. Life isn't easy. Things are tough. There's challenges. We have financial challenges. This is all real. But when I die to myself and Christ lives in me, there's a whole thing that changes. And it, it just changes the way that, that I'm living my life. And, and all of a sudden, I just, yeah, I, I, because sometimes we are so full of bitterness and we are so negative and we speak all these negative things all the time. It's like, it's no wonder if you, if you kind of every time saying, but everybody's rude to me and everybody treats me like this. Like, it, it's hard because you, you become the victim and a victim is, is a terrible thing because a victim always says, why is this happening to me? And there's not an answer for why, people. There isn't an answer. It's a better question is, what does God want me to do? And what does this mean? And what does he want me to do in this situation? And sometimes what, what made me come to Christ is his kindness. It's the kindness. His kindness leads us to repentance. And guys, just be kind. It's amazing what you can do. Just go into the world Tomorrow at work, just be kind or just, just make it walk into the world and work, walk into that situation. Be kind. And it's amazing how you shift the atmosphere and you change things because I've died to myself and, um, it's so important. And, and I think that a lot of times we, we have to die. That whole thing of me has, what about me, me, me? But, but we have to get to a place where we can say it's all about him. Jesus, you died for me, and it's all about you. It's not about, it's not about me. It's all about you. And that's why Paul writes in Ephesians 2 verse 10, and he says, we have become his poetry. And I, I want to encourage you that, that your life would start, and as you come to a crossroad, and as we come to this time of the year, that you'll kind of stop and just ask the question, what, is, what does he want me to do? What is the next, what is the next step? But to, to realize that my life, I, we are a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. And the question is, what, what is the story that, that God wants to write through you? What does he want to communicate to the world through you? And allow him to do that. And as you, as, you, as you come to a crossroad, maybe you are a crossroad in your life, you kind of have to make that decision. Just stop and take a breath and say, Lord, thank you that you are in me and 
you are your tave of hay. You are in the air that I breathe. So I can actually make the next decision with you and with your help. And if there's confusion, let go of the confusion. And, and look at, ask yourself the question, am I, am I following the ancient path? Or have I done like, like they did in Jeremiah's time and said, no, but you didn't want to. You didn't choose to, to go on the olam, to, 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 to choose the ancient path. And you need to sort of say, Father, forgive me, because I haven't chosen that path. And I'm, I, I'm always just, I'm keeping on doing the same thing. So unfortunately, the result's going to be the same. So I pray that, that you would break that thing, whatever it is, a habit, whatever, something that's holding you. Let it go, man. It's, it's time to let go. It's time to stand at the crossroad and choose the ancient path, choose the godly principles that actually make life work. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.